Welcome, everyone, to the Stupid Sexy Podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting nothing at all. I'm Chris, and that's Dan. What are we going to be reviewing, Dan? Well, today on the show, we will be doing the penultimate episode of Season 4. And then, coming Sunday, the last episode of Season 4. We are, we've made it to the end of Season 4. Um... This one is episode 21 of season 4, and it is entitled Margin Chains. It originally aired May 6, 1993. And while it's not one of my favorite episodes, it does have one of my favorite little gags. Right, that's that's probably the best uh, the best Margin Chains review right there is... The episode as a whole is not a favorite of mine, but it has some really classic moments in it. My fav- one, of my, one of my favorite memorable moments is literally... She goes to jail, and she meets her cellmate, and her cellmate says what her name is, and that's my fucking favorite thing. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that when we get to it, but that is that is a really, really funny line. <clears throat> All right, so, good old, yeah, they, they throw this back in a, in a later Simpsons when uh, Bart gets access to Chief Wiggum's files because he's hanging out with Ralph. And he realized, like, ah, oh, cool, Dad's been in jail eight times. Oh, Mom's only been in twice. <laughs> now we get to see one of those. So, right away, on the chalkboard, Bart is writing, I do not have diplomatic immunity. And when I saw that, I actually laughed, because I was like, you know what? If I was a ten-year-old kid and I learned the definition of diplomatic immunity, I would totally be that kid who would try to use it to get out of trouble. Right? Like, I totally see him landing in detention for that. Because, yeah. You saw Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I watched Lethal Weapon 2 last night. Check this out, guys. Uh, The couch gag is the tiny family again. Remember, no new couch gags till season five. But we're almost there. So are they small or is everything big? Oh. I was on a... I was on the Big Bang Theory. Sheldon's like, I had a dream that I was a giant, but everything around me was to scale. I'm like, well, how'd you know you were a giant then? He goes, oh, because I was wearing size a million pants. <laughs> uh, I know you don't watch Big Bang Theory, but I can I, I can relate Big Bang Theory quotes almost as well as I can relate Simpsons stuff. Actually, I might be better at Big Bang Theory than Simpsons just because I have seen every episode of Big Bang Theory more than once where there are new episodes of The Simpsons I have never seen. So I might be missing a couple of funny quotes that I can throw in there. These early seasons, though, I don't even want to know how many times I've seen these episodes. Like, I I literally don't because it's probably a terrifyingly high number. I mean, it may not be pi to 40,000 places, but, you know, the last digit is one, by the way. That's going to come up later. So Homer is watching I Can't Believe They Invented It. There are such great inventions such as the SS Microwave, which is just a floating microwave for your pool. Hey, my crepes are done. Uh, The Doggy Doorman. And then the Mobileer, which is a chandelier for your car, where the guy literally crashes because the chandelier is distracting him. Good God. Well, that's why I say I can't believe I invented it. So, of course, Troy McClure is the host. I'm Troy McClure. You might remember me from such things as... P is for Psycho. 
and the president's neck is missing. So he's like, we've got a brand new invention. Until now, the only way to get juice from an orange was to apparently squeeze it against your head and get the juice out. And you see Homer immediately doing it. There's a better way? So we meet the inventor of the juice loosener. And who is the inventor of the juice loosener, Dan? Dr. Nick Riviera. Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. Nick. <laughs> Troy, would you like a glass of orange juice? It's like, well, aren't we going to have to pay those outrageous grocery store prices or something the farmer probably spit in? Oh, not anymore. And he does like the, the classic. Oh, yeah. and, and before he even calls Dr. Nick Rivera, he shows the only way of knowing, the only way we know how to make orange juice. Yeah, squeeze against your head. And Homer's doing it. It's the best part. There's a better way? Which means it's getting in your eye and just burning the fuck out of you. I mean, it's not lemon juice, but still, that's not much better. That's still a citrus fruit, and that's going to hurt. <laughs> so, of course, it's super loud, although he claims it's whisper soft. He jumps in an entire bag of oranges and gets a single drop. You got all that from an entire bag of oranges? Call now, you'll also get Sun and Run, the suntan lotion that's also a laxative. <laughs> and, and he the... takes a drink of it and he literally runs off. <laughs> immediately runs off, yeah. <clears throat> so, of course, Homer frantically dials the phone because he doesn't, he wants to be healthier and not have chest pain dialing the phone anymore. And we go to Osaka, Japan. Dan and I are familiar with Osaka, Japan. Because, you know, pro wrestling. It's where oh, yeah. Nakamura Shinsuke is from. So, my favorite part about this segment is that the voices do not match. They oh. do the intentional bad oh, Japanese go, go, Wait a second. Is this fucked up? Because it's bad animation? And then you get to the point where you're like, oh no, this is... Where they're laughing and it just cuts to silence and then it comes back again. You're like, oh no, they're making fun of Japanese dubbing. Okay. So, so yeah, the one guy's working, and the other guy's like, no, don't say anything, because I have the flu. And he sneezes in the box that's sent to 742 Evergreen Terrace. So, when Homer opens up his juice loosener, he gets... Immediately. Immediately the, the flu. out of the coronavirus. Oh, my God, yes. This is a... Do you remember when, when COVID first started in the early days? Like, those early months of COVID? This specific Simpsons reference like came back as a meme because I remember and they're like hey Simpsons did it <coughs> hashtag Simpsons did it Dan and so and then they started showing around town like oh yeah got one. hey mother Patty, I got you a juice loosener and then Skinner gets it and Patty and someone got it for each other <laughs> yep. for their birthday <laughs> and then uh, it goes after Chief Wiggum on and the chases street. him down the street, yeah. Sh shooting at it, throws his gun at it. And then Brockman's doing the story on it, and they've got the, the graphic is Godzilla with a heating bag on his head. <laughs> and then, for no reason whatsoever, we cut to Arnie Pie. He's like, it's going around and around and around, and I'm going to be sick. And poor Otto's sitting out to... And to, he's like, 
watch out on the corner, blah, 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 <laughs> because I'm going to throw up. And then Otto's right like, hey, son, show me what you got. And it, uh, I think I would have preferred the flu at that point. So my favorite part about this is <clears throat> Bart's okay and Marge is about to send him off to school. And he's like, maybe you should take that temperature one more time. And, and then flash into the inside of his body where his antibodies are successfully fighting. And he's like, wait, I've gotten word from upstairs that we're supposed to stand down. Yeah, must be a school day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's make some pus. <laughs> so Bart gets to stay home and watch Itchy and Scratchy presents Germs of Endearment. <clears throat> so Scratchy goes in for a tonsillectomy. Uh, Itchy ties his tongue to a brick and whips it out the window. All of Scratchy's insides go with it. So, of course, he jumps out the window after them. Swallows all of his insides. And then impales himself on a cactus. And as Bart laughs hysterically, he coughs because he's also sick. I think it's the point where the entire family is sick. Except for Marge. But maybe not. Because that's the way things are in a house when everyone's sick, even if the mom's sick. She's got to take care of everybody, yep. so she's she, just got to do it anyway. She might actually be sick, too. Oh, my favorite part is when it cuts to Quimby, and he's like, because of the Osaka plague, I am canceling my trip to the Bahamas. And it turns out he's like, he's in already front of there. him. He's, he's already there, and they got the guy with the steel drum. Get that steel drum out of the uh, 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 mayor's office. So of course, And of course... Uh, Burns isn't scared of the plague because he's got a secret chamber all to himself. And then Homer's already hiding in there. Who the devil are you? Oh, just come up with a good story. My name is Mr. Burns. <coughs> My other favorite part is the uh, the rioters are chanting at Dr. Hibbert, we need a cure. He's like, no, you just need bed rest. Anything I give you now would just be a placebo. Where can we get these placebos? They're in the truck. So they overturn the truck and unleash the killer bee swarm. And the one guy eats it. I'm cured. I mean, ow. Uh, so, of course. Oh, and the Flanders family, too. They, they believe that God has forsaken them because Ned watched five seconds of Married with Children and laughed at it. Yeah. <laughs> so and they... it was like, yeah, and it was a sex joke about him being limp or whatever. <clears throat> uh, Peggy, my plant's gone limp. Well. Maybe we should move it to the bedroom. And he's like, <laughs> and you hear the thunderclasp? And he's sad because Todd's speaking in tongues, but he's just like, no, not today, son. He's actually just delirious from the flu. Like, he's so excited to do an exorcism. Uh, yes, yeah, so Marge is now completely freaking overworked here. It's because everyone's like, I need this, I need that, I need that. Grandpa's not even sick, but he's still grandpa. Give me bourbon. <laughs> so, Lisa's you demand. Know you can't drink anything after 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Just stir it into my mush. <laughs> yeah, so Lisa wants OJ, more OJ, not Simpson, but the actual orange juice. Uh, Bart's crying for Flintstones chewable morphine, which does not exist. And Homer's upset because he wants to watch Sheriff Lobo. Grandpa wants his bourbon. So Marge cracks getting all the stuff at the Quickie Mart. 
and cracks even further when she realizes that a bottle of aspirin is twenty four ninety five, which is probably it's accurate. Only t- that, it's only that cheap because some uh, criminal was messing with it or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> so all the distractions cause Marge to walk out of the store and set and off. Forget about her iPad case. Oh my god, that story. Ugh. Yeah, so of course she forgot to pay for the bourbon, which is what sets it off. It's like, and of course, Apu's acting like it's no big deal. Sanjay, uh, help Mrs. Simpson with her groceries, and and then he does like the, the secret whisper. He, he speaks something in Hindi. You did not pay for Colonel Quickie Mart's Kentucky bourbon. And he, he has her stand off to the side oh, to get the police. You're right. He's got a police lineup chart. Right. <laughs> yeah. to the right. Ooh. to the right. Eight foot six. And then, of course, Wiggum calls. Come out with your hands up. Uh, two cups of coffee. An auto freshener that says Capricorn. And something with coconut on it. So Marge is arrested for shoplifting. But we got Lionel Hutz trying to bribe him with the smoking monkey. Which, of course, they don't take. And he's like, ah, oh, don't worry, Mrs. Simpson, we're... Uh-oh. we drawn Judge Snyder. Is that bad? Well, he's had it in for me ever since I kind of ran over his dog. <laughs> Except... And by... <laughs> <laughs> Replace the word kinda with the word repeatedly. With repeatedly and dog with son. <laughs> so Homer tries to reason with Apu, but... I'm your best customer. It was a mistake. I'm your best customer. Give us a break. And he's like, no, we prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah, sing into music and everything. <laughs> that bitch is on ice. Like, damn, that's pretty bad. And of course, gossip spreads through town like crazy because Wiggum tells Quimby. And everyone starts making up stories about her. Oh, yeah, because of course you have. Maud Flanders, Helen Lovejoy, Dr. Hibbert, they're all doing their thing. Helen, yeah, they're playing bridge or whatever. Helen Lovejoy is the literal friggin' worst. And they're, she's like, oh, she makes those marshmallow squares and no one likes them. They're awful. Yeah. Oh, and there was a hair in one one time. Yeah. And then there's like, you know. Her feet are webbed. <laughs> yeah, her feet are webbed. They're like, oh, that's gross. And then it, her feet are webbed. I like how that's the one that that draws the like the doctor revealing the secret is what they don't believe, but the hair in a single marshmallow square is where we draw the line. And of course, Flanders is trying to comfort him. Oh, we've all had our brushes with the law. Because one time a cop rang his door and asked for Ed Flanders. Oh, sorry, I'm Ned Flanders. Oh, sorry then. And Maud's spying on her. Through the wall. She goes oh, yeah, to, she's going to use the restroom. Yeah, she fixed the crooked portrait. She's like, just wash your hands and get out. So it's time for the trial. The blue-haired lawyer is asking the jury if they find Tom Cruise or Mel Gibson more attractive. He's so confident he's going to win that he can waste the court's time by raiding super hunks. And of course, Lionel Hutz is like, oh god, he's going to win. And Helen Lovejoy, the worst character on the show, gives a nice damning little testimony. She even makes the drinky drinky motion 
which to insinuate that Marge is a drunk. <laughs> Professor which Frank, does, which doesn't happen until you only move twice. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, no. She's she, anytime anytime she drinks at all, she goes right to her head. Right? Yeah, because she's seen it in uh, the fourth episode. Yeah, yeah. With uh, there's no disgrace like they, home. Yeah, they let the kids go, watching the the, the cartoon, the elves, and they just drink. I think there's a little alcohol in this punch. So my favorite part of this joke that always made me laugh the hardest was Professor Frink's testimony as he puts Marge on the side of the grassy knoll for the JFK assassination. As you see, there is a puff of blue blue hair on the grassy knoll. Jesus Christ. So Lionel Hutz is talking about the bourbon and he realizes that uh, he's uh, he needs help. So he goes and he, who does he call, Dan? Freaking David Crosby. Yeah, David Crosby. It's actually David Crosby. Yeah. Just remember, I love you, man. I love you, too. And then for Apu's testimony, he does the striped tie segment, which I've always really liked. <clears throat> where he's like, have you ever forgotten anything? He's like, of course not. I can recite five to 40,000 places. The last digit is one. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, what color tie am I wearing? Well, red and white tie. He even remembers the knot. And he's like... Of course, you see him fumbling with it like crazy. Oh, am I? Well, get this. I told you that if I am uh, uh, <laughs> not wearing a tie. Well, if I'm wrong about this, could I be wrong about Mrs. Simpson? Mrs. Omar? Yeah. No further questions. He's got the tie up his sleeve. <laughs> I always love that. And he's they're at dinner, and he's so confident that... He's going to get Marge off the chain. You're like a latter-day Clarence Darrow. Uh, was that the guy in the mob squad? I want to be a lawyer just like you. Good for you, son. If there's one thing America needs, it's more lawyers. Imagine a world without lawyers, and you see the peace circle, and he immediately cringes. And then his closing case, he forgets to wear pants. So he moves her a bad court thingy. You know, you mean a mistrial? Right, that's why you're the judge and I'm the law-talking guy. He tries to pass off the fake verdict. And, of course, it's on a cocktail. Come on, this is it's a cocktail napkin and it still says guilty. And it's spelled wrong. But it doesn't matter. She's found guilty and sentenced to 30 days in prison. While the National Council of Churches versus Lionel Lutz gets ready to take place. So she says goodbye to the family, and Bart does that weird fantasy about getting his mom out of prison. All I need is a cocktail dress and a crowbar. <laughs> and of course, Homer, Marge, I'm going to miss you. Not just the sex, but, you know, food preparation and your skills with stains. And Apu is so confident that the store is secure that he doesn't realize that Snake is literally stealing the Quickie Mart at that moment. Hey, he has it on the back of a flatbed truck. <laughs> I'm taking this oh. thing to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marge's petty theft lands her in Springfield Women's Prison, a prison for women. And she meets her cellmate, Dan. Oh. <laughs> the 
call her Phillips because she killed her husband with a Phillips head screwdriver. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just like, that's fucking great. <laughs> just imagine that, right? You You rob a convenience store, not an armed robbery, an accidental robbery, right? But you're still thrown in prison with a convicted murderer. Good lord. And she's actually enjoying her time in prison. She doesn't have to cook, because the last time Homer cooked for her, he didn't kill anything. I don't think this fish is even dead. Marge, I'm having enough trouble with the lobsters. And then there's Tattoo Annie. Who's got a Mad Magazine folding tattoo? Yeah, so she folds her back lats together, <laughs> so it says "What me worry." Oh my god, Jesus! And Homer's like, "All right, kids, well, your mother's gone. I don't want to change the baby. We're gonna let her run free. Eat all your meals over the sink or toilet." Uh, and in literally 10, 10 minutes, the entire house is trashed. There's even a gator loose in there. <clears throat> Even like Lisa's like, I think we should all, we could all be good if we take care of our own stuff. And, yes. then... <laughs> and then when they run out of clean clothes, Homer's like, just go up to the attic and get clothes up there. And he's dressed like a bride. They even do a meta joke here when Lisa's like, I feel like I've been wearing the same red dress forever. I'm like, ha, meta. And yeah, and then they go visit her. And he's wearing the devil costume. <laughs> Is that an old Halloween costume, Homer? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, Bart and Nelson actually bond over the fact that their moms are jailbirds. And he goes, your mom's a jailbird. So is yours. Oh, yeah. You want to play? <laughs> I love Bart's lunch, too. It's a pack of sugar and peanut butter smeared on a playing card. <laughs> and then, of course, Grandpa's fighting the gator that's stuck in the toilet, and he loses his teeth to it. We tried to flush the gator, but it got stuck, so now we're just eating it. We're just feeding it, yeah. And one of my favorite scenes is the conjugal visit. You know, oh, I don't know if you're interested in or anything like that. But, you, know, you know, maybe we, we could just, just talk. Or, you know, and she just, she literally jumps him so hard that they knock the trailer over. Oh, that joke is so friggin' funny. <clears throat> so now we get to see what happens with Marge in prison. The bake all sale. All the things, all the things, everybody put her down for was the most important things. Her marshmallow squares prevent them from getting a statue of Lincoln. They are $15 short of getting yep. the statue they want because that's how much she makes with her marshmallow squares. Yep. So they get a statue of Jimmy Carter. He's history's greatest monster. And the entire town riots. They use the Jimmy Carter statue to rob the electronics store. <laughs> Release the dogs. Uh, they look pretty mad there, Chief. Yeah, I've been starving them and singing off key in front of them. So, of course, as soon as he releases the dogs, they maul Wiggum. And none of this would have happened if Marge was here. But it's okay. Marge was only in for 30 days. So she says goodbye to Phillips, who's dating a new guy. It says his name is Homer, and he works at the power plant. Yeah. Yo! <laughs> uh, freaking Barney. <laughs> and then another one of my favorite jokes is, uh, what are we going to do with this mess? We'll just sweep it under the rug. And you just see the rug is just billowing with all the crap under it. 
And as Bart is carefully walking through, you hear all this stuff, and you just hear, Hey, watch it! Hey, watch it, Belly! (laughs) (laughs) And the entire town turns up for Marge's return. Because they realize they took her for granted. And they present her with the Jimmy Carter statue with Marge hair on it. Which Which at the end, they turn into... Tetherball. <laughs> yeah, the tetherball thing. What else are you going to do with it? <laughs> yeah. Marge... I, think, I think about, like, you, like, that's a thing. There's some people who are the backbone of uh, of, of a, an entire town or whatever, and people just don't think about it until they're gone. Like, I guarantee you, if my mom stopped doing some stuff, there would be thousands of people that would be put out by it. <laughs> Yeah, people, yeah, that's just it, right? Some people are quintessential to their towns, and you will notice when they are not there. Absolutely. <clears throat> so, let's do some Margin Chains trivia. So, Marge is accused of shoplifting and hires Lionel Hutz, played by Phil Hartman. In the middle of the trial, Lionel gets an urge for whiskey, so he calls his AA sponsor, which is David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. When Crosby answers the phone, he is looking at the CSNY emblem on an album, which Phil Hartman designed himself in the late 70s. So there you go. That's That was a good little tie-in. Oh, he that they made their in. emblem? Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's actually really cool that they were able to put that in there. I mean, David Crosby probably is an AA sponsor, right? Like, I could see that being a real-life thing. I don't know... Anything about his personal life, but I know he was a real uh, sperm donor for a long time. <laughs> I do know that. Yes, remember that in the nineties where it came out that like all these people have David Crosby's kids because <laughs> he donated a bunch in the seventies, <clears throat> like before he got famous or whatever. I mean, why not? <laughs> so. <clears throat> For Apu and Sanjay's brief lines, the writers actually called the Embassy of India and Washington to get them to translate. The Embassy was not interested or happy, but they still did it. So at least there's actual Hindi in the episode. Yes, the 40,000th digit is in fact the number one. The writers prepared for the scene by asking David H. Bailey of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration which is now the Lawrence Beckley, uh, Berkeley National Laboratory, for the number. And he actually printed out the first 40,000 digits for them. So yes, one is in fact the 40,000th digit of pi. <laughs> like, I've heard people memorize pi to a thousand places, but Apu takes it 40,000 times bigger than that. Or 4,000 times bigger than that. Not bad. Did you notice that Marge's inmate number is 24601? Which, of course, was Sideshow Bob's number, which, of course, is a reference to Jean Valjean from Les Mis. I think we talked about that, too. That's been Sideshow Bob's number. And that is Jean Valjean from Les Mis. Which is where they got that from in the first place. So, yeah, they, they like that number. 
In Lionel Hutz's dream of the world without lawyers, the writers wanted to use the song I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing, which was used in Coca-Cola advertisements, but they couldn't get the rights to it. So the instrumental theme you hear is similar to it. Yeah, sometimes those things are going to happen. This is the second consecutive episode that doesn't reach the main storyline until the end of the first act. The first seven minutes deal with the Osaka flu, and only after that does Marge go to the quickie mark. And of course, Marge in Chains is a parody over two things. Woman in Chains, TV movie about women in prison, and Alice in Chains, which of course is the rock group that was very popular in the 90s and i still enjoy their music even though it doesn't sound the same anymore <clears throat> all right well there you have it margin chains yeah uh yeah i i agree with what you said earlier uh not my favorite episode but it's got some really classic moments in it i just i love the, the whole they call, call me, me. Yeah, that's like the Phillips. best. Call me Phillips, because I killed my husband. Phillips is a screwdriver. That's <laughs> like a, you're, that's a very violent killing. Uh, yeah. Any way you slice that is going to be a very violent killing. Because that means you had to stab him like 50 times. <laughs> and hard. Holy shit. Then again, Danhausen does all his unboxings with a Phillips head screwdriver, so. Don't give Danhausen any ideas. He's already very nice and very evil. And an extreme Simpsons fan. Extreme Simpsons fan. I'm sh- there there's no way that's not a reference in some capacity, but Alrighty. Well, that wraps up Margin Chains. Our next episode is Krusty Gets Cancelled. We are going to conclude Season 4. Listen to that episode this Sunday. Wherever you get your CKCC radio out there. Check out all the great stuff on CKCC radio. Go to patreon.com slash clubkfabe for bonus content. And go to twitch.tv slash CKCC online to see Dan and I play various video games. In fact, I will be starting soon. A stream of Simpsons Hit and Run. Ooh. I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, I've got some other stuff planned. You can hear us on the Pokecast, and I've got some other stuff planned there, too. Specifically, Pokemon. uh, It's actually a ROM hack of a Pokemon game I'm going to play, which should be a lot of fun. Those games are usually really amusing. But yeah. There you have it, guys. That's everything going on. Krusty gets canceled, and hopefully we won't be canceled when we review that episode. But that'll be next time, this Sunday. If we get canceled this weekend, <laughs> two episodes before my favorite episode of all time. Oh my god, you imagine? Yeah, because we're about to hit season five. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to draw a line from a future Simpsons episode. If you get canceled, it's your own fault. I've been waiting for that scene, by the way. I'm like, it's got to be coming up next sometime soon. Oh, if if you get hit, it's your own fault so from Lisa on Ice, season six. Yeah, we're, we're almost there. We're getting there. We're getting to some of the best jokes, by the way. Coming well, up and here. I'm just going to keep kicking like this, and if you get hit, it's your own fault. Oh, all right, no more, no more blowing material. <laughs> we have to wait for next time. 
But yes, that will be next time. Uh, Krusty gets canceled. We're going to conclude season four. We'll see you then for our next stupid, sexy podcast. Feels like I'm podcasting. Oh.